This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to begin tonight in John 10. We're talking about the Word of God. Now, this is the third week we've been on the Word of God. and Boy, we're going to keep digging in here. And so, you know, the Bible's very clear for us to be born again. Uh, the Lord Jesus said that to Nicodemus in, in John 3. He said, you must be born again. How do I become born again? Well, you don't enter into your mother's womb again. You ask Jesus to come into your heart, okay? But a lot of times when we get born again, there's two concepts that I want to deal with real briefly here. The first one is this, that we have the mentality, well, once I got born again, that there will no, no be, there'll be no more ripples on the ocean in my life. Everything will be smooth sailing and we'll live happily ever after. Well, if you've gotten born again or been born again for very long, you figured that out. That's not true. You're going to go through some issues. You're going to go through some tests and trials. But understand this. Man, I hang on to Jesus. I hang on to Jesus in those, okay? The second concept is this, and a lot of times we get this, that we have the thought, I am what I am and there's no way I can ever change. Now, you can't change who God made you. You can't change your personality, and you don't want to change your personality. But what I mean about there may be, there may be things in your life, little hiccups, little bondages, and a lot of times we have them in time. I can never get away from that. Yeah, you can. The Word of God can begin to change us. And the Word of God will begin to, to shape you and form you if we'll allow it. Now, I want to put some God thoughts in you tonight. Let's look here in John 10, verse 10. I better get there. I'm telling you to get there, and I didn't got there. It says, The thief, which is the devil, he ki- comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, I don't want to spend very much time on the devil. I care less what he does, okay? But understand this. The purpose of the devil is to kill, steal, and destroy. Anytime you see on this earth killing, stealing, and destroying, you can guarantee whose signature is on that. The devil. Okay? That's who's doing that. But if you'll notice the very next word in John 10, it says, I. You can circle that. And who is the I there? It's Jesus. This is red letters. And so Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Now, I want us to get this here tonight because the word life in the Greek means zoe. The word zoe means the God kind of life. And so this is why Jesus came, to give me and you the God kind of life. And so this was Jesus' purpose. The devil's purpose was to take. Jesus' purpose was to give. And Jesus didn't come for me and you just to survive. Jesus didn't come for us just to exist, just to make a living. He didn't come just so me and you could stay in bondage. He came to give us life. And that more abundantly. Now the word abundantly there in the Greek, guys, it means superabundant in quantity, superior in quality. And that's good. And so here's a God thought with us. Let's just begin to welcome that and say, man, Father God, I welcome the life that Jesus came to give me. I can have peace in the middle of the storm. I can have joy on a bad day. I can trust God day after day after day, but I need to get a hold of this, and I cannot hold on to my negative way of thinking. 
Now, here's your good Proverbs tonight. You'll probably hear me refer to this in the upcoming weeks also. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So anytime I have the thought, I'm no good, I can't do this, I, you know what? It's probably going to end up that way. Those who people who say they can and those who say they can't, they're both right. So the goal tonight is to begin to get some God thoughts in us. And when I begin to think in line with God and God's word, I'm going to tell you, there is huge transformation. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now remember as you're going to Romans 1, one of our main texts was John 17, 17, and Jesus himself said, sanctify them with the truth. The word of God is the truth. And so we get sanctified, how? By his word and, and God's truth, guys. It's always timely. And you can be guaranteed of this, guys, because God is truth, you can trust his word to guide you in life. I mean, you can go to the bank on God's word because it doesn't change. God doesn't lie. Romans chapter 1, let's begin in verse 16. The Apostle Paul talking here, and he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news, the word of God. Now, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the word of God. We should never be ashamed of the word of God, guys. We should celebrate the Word of God. Man, I mean, take great joy in obeying the Word of God. So he gives us some insight here. I'm not ashamed of the, the, the gospel or the Word of God. For it, it, what's the it? For the Word of God. The gospel, the good news, is the power of God. Now right there I'll tell you something about the Word of God. The Word of God has life-changing power in it. The Word of God will begin to transform you and shape you. And you know what? If you've lived very long for the Word of God and you've had an appetite for the Word of God, you'll see great changes in your life. I can tell you right now, I'm not even close to the same person I was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. The Word of God has begun to shape me. And it'll shape you. Keep reading here. He's got some great insight for us. So it, the Word of God, is the power of God to salvation... For everyone who believes. Everyone. No matter what your background is, okay? I don't care how bad you've been. The Word of God will change you. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, there's that word again, it. For in it, the gospel, the good news, the Word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed. How is the, the, the righteousness of God revealed? The only way it's revealed is through the Word of God. You want to see how the righteousness of God is? Read the Word. And the Word will begin to reveal it to you. Keep reading. And he says, we go from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, when we talk about faith, guys, faith is the become a way we live. And so think about this with just what he said. We go from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So understand this when he says we go from faith to faith. You know what he's telling me and you? We go from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And how long do we hear? The just shall hear for life. 
So guys, get a hold of this. This is not a one-day event. This isn't something we just do on Sunday mornings. i got to hear the Word of God. When? Every day. Faith come by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Verse number 18. For the wrath of God... Now, that's an interesting statement to me right there. For the wrath of God. When do you see the wrath of God? Well, look right here, and he's going to give me some insight. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, which is wrongdoing. So anytime a human being gets over into ungodliness or things that violate God's word, God doesn't, play, he doesn't take pleasure in it, okay? Keep reading. And against all ungodliness and of unrighteousness, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness or they hold down the truth in unrighteousness. Now what's the truth? The Word of God, the Gospel, the good news. And so what begins to happen here, guys, is when we look at this, as human beings, we will begin to substitute the truth or the Word of God for a lie. And the reason we will substitute the truth or the Word of God for a lie is because of our self-centeredness, because of our selfishness. And, and any time, guys, I begin to, to suppress the truth in my life, It's to protect my lifestyle. And this is what he's talking about here. That many will begin to suppress the truth. See, this is where we got to get again. I got to welcome the truth. I got to embrace the truth. And I said this last week and I'll say it again. The Word of God can be annoyingly accurate. The Word of God can cut you in a good way. These are in a good way, okay? Now, he goes on some more here and fills in some blanks for us. Let's keep reading. Because what may be known of God is manifest or evident in them, in humanity, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. What that means is they're plain enough. They're obvious enough. The attributes of God. We see them every day. And so the very things that God has shown us about how real He is, we either accept it or we reject it. I want you to think just for a little bit. What would be the the attributes of God that I see on a daily basis? Well, if you're up early enough and you see the sun rise, that's an attribute of God. And when you see the sun set, that's an attribute of God. Because you know what God does? God tells the, the, the sun when to rise and when to set every day. A, a lot of times people think that just happened. What about the stars? God tells the stars when to twinkle. God told the rivers which way to flow. God told the ocean how far it could transgress. God tells the trees when to be green and not. And so the, the, the visible attributes of God are before us all the time. Pastor, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? I do. God spoke and bang, there it was. And these are the, the visible attributes. You know, every time I see a newborn baby, it's got God all over it. If you sit there and think what the equation is for a baby to come to this earth, and when they come, I tell you guys, it moves me. When you guys have newborn one and you show them, I look and I'm like, that is a miracle. 
That is only a God, okay? And so this is what he's telling us here, that his visible attributes are clearly seen. I just got to look for them. He keeps going on saying here, being understood by the things that, that are made, even his eternal power and the Godhead, which is the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, so that they are without excuse. So when I begin to look at here, guys, the, the, the wrath of God and the things he's talking about is, is when we dishonor him with sin, but he comes back and he says here, they're without excuse. They are without excuse. Now listen to this in the, the New Living Translation. It says, they have no excuse for not knowing God. Just look at his artwork. We can do that every day. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they knew about God, they had the thought that God existed, they didn't glorify Him as God. So what does that mean? They didn't glorify Him. You know what that means? That, that when humanity begins to treat God as common, we don't glorify Him when we look at Him as just common. Keep reading and you'll see all this begin to fall in place here. Nor were they thankful. I can never, guys, uh, uh, lose, lose my gratitude toward God. Two things, guys, that will begin to get us in trouble. When we quit glorifying God and we quit being thankful of God. And look where this ultimately ends. But they became futile in their thoughts. Now let me help you a little bit about that word futile. The word futile there means to make empty. It means vain, foolish, useless, confused, perverted in their logic. And so they were confused and negative, And ultimately look what happens. And they were futile in their thoughts and in their foolish hearts were darkened. So they ultimately walked away from God. So let's look at that whole thing in that passage. He says, number one, you got to glorify God. Anytime human beings quit glorifying God, we get in trouble. Number two, remember, they quit being thankful, and ultimately they became futile in their thoughts, their thinking, their mind. And so it tells me once again, my mind plays a big part. The only way that my mind stays hooked to God is through the Word of God. That's Romans 12, 2, and we're going to get there tonight maybe. If I'll speed up, we'll get over there. And so a lot of what happens in our life, and I shouldn't say a lot, the things that go on in our life, it starts in our thinking. You think wrong, you live wrong, okay? And so he gives us an insight here. They became futile in their thinking. Verse 22. Professing to be wise or claiming to be wise, they became fools. They were illiterate regarding life. How? And they changed the glory of an incorruptible, and they changed the image. Man, I got to get back up here. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and birds, and four footed animals, and creeping things. So they made God. Their ideas of God and how they thought God should be and what God should do. 
Now, just in that verse right there, you know when people get in trouble? is when we start worshiping the creation above the Creator. And everything that he listed in that verse is, is the creation. Look at it again. And they changed the glory of an incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed animals, and creeping things. God created every one of them. And so what happens, guys, is when we begin to do this, we lose sight of our own identity. We lose sight of who God created us to be. The message says in Romans one twenty three, it says, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion, and there was neither sense nor direction in their lives. Now, can I tell you what this means to me? Looking at this, they traded the glory of God for what we could say A made in America God. And you know what a made in America God is? Is it's easy. If it's comfortable. If it's not going to cost me anything. If I agree with it, then I'll do it. And and it's it's a Bible that says, I want the Bible to say what I want it to say. But the thing is about this book called the Bible... It's not multiple choice. Where I go in and say, I like that one, but I don't like that one. Have you ever thought about this? Partial obedience is disobedience. Now, I'm going to read here just for a little bit. and I brought my new living translation. I'm going to read in in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you have the New Living, you can pull that up for me. If we don't, just, just listen to what this says. And this will define really a lot about what we were just talking about here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to start in verse 14. And it says, listen close. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. Hold to the basic teachings, okay? That's what he's talking about. You know They are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from your childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So here's the thing when we read this. I can't allow society to distort or crowd out the word of God. Can't do it, okay? I got to hold fast to the teachings. And, and, and the Bible, guys, is God breathed. God breathed on this thing. And so I can read it. I can use it. I take its teachings to guide my life. And the Bible is the only standard for truth, okay? So where am I getting this tonight? For every one of us in this room to truly live by the Word of God, anytime things happen in my life, I've got to ask myself, is that the Word of God? Is that what the Bible says? And if it's not, I'm going to tell you, I'd get away from it. I'm going to jump in to to 2 Timothy chapter 4, same uh, book there, and I'm going to keep reading. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. 
I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Okay? Preach the word of God. And understand this. The word of God is the greatest responsibility of the church. The church is taught to, to preach the word. Okay? So he tells right here, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to this, this young pastor named Timothy, and he said, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. So listen to this, guys. I'm to correct, I'm to rebuke, I'm to encourage. No matter how difficult it may seem. That there's always going to be people that are going to rebuke, rebuke the truth or shove the truth down. And I will tell you this. The farther along we go in this thing called life, the more courage it's going to take us to live by the Word of God. Even in America, when you start standing up for the Word of God right now, you're going to be persecuted. It's a fact, okay? Once again, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, okay? Now keep reading what he goes on to say. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. You know what sound and wholesome teaching is? The B-I-B-L-E, okay? That's why when you come here, I'm going to tell you, if you need a Bible, get your hand up. we got to get in the Word, okay? And one of the reasons I like you to get in the Word is where you see the Bible yourself, okay? Don't ever trust a man, even this man, okay? Look at your Scriptures. Look at the Word. So he says, in these last days, guys, people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. So they won't listen to wholesome teaching. And still, they'll chase after myths. So what ultimately happens here, guys, and I'm going to list three things that the new living really breaks down. People will will start claiming to improve on God's Word. You know what that means? You'll begin to hear more and more, and I'm just warning you, the Bible is outdated. We are now a post-Christian nation. That's a lie, okay? You know, it wasn't long ago, Rick, Rick, raise your hand, this is Rick Doe right here. Rick is from the U.K., and, and when he goes back to the U.K., he, he told me that, he said, over there, they are known as a post-Christian society. Do you know in the U.K. right now, less than 3% of their society is Christians? This is what's trying to take place right now. I'm just warning you, these things will begin to happen, and so they'll begin to push the truth down. They'll suppress the truth. Who? Whether it's Hollywood or, or just the media. So that's the first, or the, the, the first thing is this. They do not tolerate the truth. They have no respect for the absolute truth. Now listen real close to this this statement here. Or for any standard of judgment. The only standard of judgment for me and you is going to be Father God. And this may be news for every one of you. Each one of us, whether we're still alive when Jesus comes back or we're dead... We're going to stand before God. Okay? Every one of us. You included, Pat? Yep. I'm going to have, and I'm going to give an account for what I did here on earth, okay? So get that. That's the first thing. The second thing that will begin to take place, 
They will reject the truth. They will want truth that fits their situation or their lifestyle. The third one is that the, the teachers that will begin to arise will have a following because they are telling people whatever their itching ears want to hear. Now, I've had a lot of people leave this church, guys. You know why? I don't want to hear the truth. I still believe there's a people that want to hear the truth. I believe that, guys. I'm going to tell you, I could stand up here and tell you jokes and tell you stories all day long, and I could tell you, you know what? You can go out and live however you want. Grace will cover that. But I understand this. There'll be a day that I'm going to stand before God and the Bible's very clear that all you that have gift as teachers, whether you're a teacher or a pastor, you're going to be held to a stricter judgment. And so the day's coming, I know, that everything I say from this podium, I'm going to give an account. And I'm going to tell you right now, I fear God more than I fear people. And so I'm going to preach the Word. And if the Word offends you, I don't want that, guys, but I realize this is what can happen. This is what's beginning to happen in our society. Now back to Romans. And we've got to finish there in Romans chapter 24. Now listen to what it says. Therefore, God also gave them up. God abandoned them. Why? He gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So what God does is He abandons them to do all the shameful things they want to do. And it's not God's heart to abandon us. But you know what God says? If you reject the truth and you don't want to hear the truth, then live however you want. Now, how many of you figured this out? God won't force you to do anything. If you want to live and sit, go ahead. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Verse 25. Listen real close to this. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So you know what they did? They rejected God. Pay real close attention. They exchanged the truth. Now when I read that, this is what comes to me. The Lord says, do you exchange the truth? Do you live by the truth? And my standard has got to become, and yours too, the Bible is the only standard for truth. Be very careful about your influences, what you allow to form your opinions. Be very careful. Because if you're listening to the newspapers, to Hollywood, to the, I'm going to tell you, it's going to mess you up. What does the Bible say? And any time people ask me questions, guys, I'm going to refer to the Bible. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the truth says. You know, in Romans 3, verse 4, just a couple pages over there, it says, let God be true and every man a liar. You know what? God's true. You can trust God every day of your life. So what am I telling us here? I believe this, guys, and in so much of what we talked about, Remember, they became futile in their thinking. They became futile in their mind. They exchanged the truth for a lie. So much of this will begin in the way I think. The way I respond to the Word of God, even in my thinking. Now, let's, let's go to Romans 12, and we may get a little bit in here. And the, the goal of all this 
is I have got to grab onto the Word of God and start allowing the Word of God to change my thinking. Every one of us in here, let the Word of God instruct you. Let the Word of God form a new image of who you are in Christ Jesus, but get a hold of this, okay? Now, we're going to end with this tonight. And then probably the next two weeks, we're really going to get hard on our mind. Now, you'll see something in here on the mind, and we'll go back to it next week. But actually, in Joshua 1.8, Joshua said this, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That's in about three weeks. We're going to start talking about getting the word in your mouth. What does that mean? i got to speak the word. Begin to speak it out of your mouth. The second thing Joshua said, meditate on it. To meditate on it is to think. Now here we are in Romans 12. Look at verse 1. I beseech you or I plead with you, therefore, brethren, believers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. So right here, he, he pleads with us to give our, our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Verse 2. And do not be conformed, molded, or shaped. Now listen to this other definition of conformed. It means an outer fashion, an outward appearance, accommodating oneself to a model or a pattern. So he says, do not. Do not be conformed to what? To the world. You know what the world is the defined here is? It's referring to this godless system. Right here. It's referring to a godless system, and we begin to accept the patterns of our age. So he's telling me, you don't allow the world to conform you. Don't allow the world to mold you. So right here, just with what Paul said, you know what that tells me? I'm going to have to refuse the things of the world. I can't let the world shape me. I don't care what Sports Illustrated says. I don't care what Dr. Phil says. i got to get a hold of the Bible. So what do I do to stay away from the world conforming me? Look at his next statement. But be transformed, changed. And most Bible illustrations of this, the transformation they talk about are from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Now when you read that and you you, you study that in, in light of the Word of God, you can spend your whole life as a nasty looking old caterpillar and crawling around on your belly the rest of your life. Or you can be transformed into a butterfly. Into the very image of God. So he says, be transformed. And how am I to be transformed? By the renewing of my mind. The word renew there means to renovate. So you know what he's telling? The way you become transformed is you begin to renew your mind to the word of God. And you begin to read it. And you begin to study it. And guess what? The word of God will begin to transform you. The Word of God will begin to change you. I don't care who you are. And so what ultimately happens is my thinking is what formulates me. My thinking does. And then when I, when I, when I begin to, to, to study the Word here, the, the, the passion or the purpose of the Word of God will start dictating my actions. It starts with the thinking. Then it goes to affecting my actions. 
And ultimately, the Word of God will shape my character and my morals. Is this a one-night deal? No. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. So understand, when you, when you read the Word of God, read it where you can hear it, okay? Begin to find scriptures and begin to say them over you. Just an illustration. Psalm 512 says, He blesses the righteous and His favor surrounds them like a shield. I encourage you, put your name in there. I thank you, Father God. You bless me. I'm your righteous and your favor surrounds me like a shield. And so I begin to speak the word out of my mouth and I begin to think on the word of God and the word of God begins to change me. And so this becomes a a, a daily thing where you've got to start speaking the word over your life, who you are in Christ. You know the Bible says that Jesus has sanctified me. The word sanctified means he set me apart. I thank you, Lord, that you sanctified me today. He's justified me. The word justified means he's declared me righteous today. I thank you, Lord, today I'm justified because of you. The Bible's very clear. says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I believe we're supposed to say so. Woo, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you today. Now, here's what redemption means, that he bought us back. You know what he bought us back from? We, we were bound with, with poverty, sickness, and death. So instead of death, I got life. I thank you, Lord. You said in John 10, 10, you came to give me the abundant life. I welcome the God kind of life in my life today. You brought me divine health. I thank you that my body walks in divine health from the top of my head to the soles and the tips of my toes. And I'll tell you, you've got to speak the word. Speak healing over your life. Keep speaking over it. Speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it. And then you know what you do? You keep confessing and you keep meditating on it day in and 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 day out. Start speaking it over your children. Start speaking it over your marriage. Quit saying, my marriage stinks. I was going to say something else and I got reprimanded. Start speaking what the Word of God says. You know, here's one of the confessions I speak over my marriage. My marriage is filled with the love of God. That my marriage is filled with love and respect according to Ephesians 5. Now then I'll go even deeper. Do you know in Proverbs 31 it's called the virtuous woman? I say, man, I thank you, Father God. Shelly is a virtuous woman. At the end of Proverbs 31, it says that her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also. So you know what I do? I just rise up and I call her. I say, thank you, Father God. Bless her today. Bless her today. Fill her today. And so all I begin to do, guys, is agree with the Word of God. My children are more than conquerors. My children are smart. They got the mind of Christ. And you say, well, pastor, what if they're working, making bad grades? They're stupid. No, they're not. They're smart. They're smart, and God helps them. And I brand their little heart with, with Philippians 4.13. They can do all things through Christ Jesus. And when you let them out of school tomorrow morning, you said, you're going to do good on that spelling test. Jesus is going to help you. But, pastor, what happens when they come home and say, I got an F? Speak the word. We'll speak the word. We're going to speak the word. And so what am I telling you guys? We start absorbing the word of God. I, I'm going to have to quit, man. I'm just really getting ramped up here. Where's that at, Pastor? Proverbs 18, 20, 1, 2. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 or 22. Okay? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
How about this? Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Wow. So guess what? I'm either speaking life or I'm speaking death. I'm either speaking life over my children or I'm speaking death. I'm speaking life over my marriage or I'm speaking death over my marriage. And this is what happens all day long. So if you come in here and start telling me a bunch of crap about your life and I get real quiet, I'm not going to get in agreement with you. I've, I've had people in my office before and they, they started saying this is going to happen and that's going to happen and I just looked at them. And they said, and my tongue's getting ready to get, in trouble, get me in trouble. And I said, it already has. Don't be hung by your tongue. That's the 11th commandment. Stand up with me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.